When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, I'm here with Matt. We are at FedEx Field, live in the press box right now. You can still see the people kind of clearing off the field from what was an impressive, an ugly, but an impressive win in my book. The Eagles beat the Redskins 30-17, to a game that was much closer than that score indicates. Eagles moved to 1-0. Obviously, a lot to talk about from this game. First, got to talk about the injuries. we got to talk about Carson Wentz. we got to talk about the defense. And, yes, we got to talk about Doug Peterson, who I think they almost won despite him. I wasn't impressed by what I saw out of Doug today. But at the end of the day, they're 1-0. They get a 30-17 to win over the Redskins. I know you picked them to win. I didn't. So you stand here. You're right. They, they won. Well, I picked them to lose. You picked them to lose. I oh, picked, that's right. We both picked them so to lose. We both picked them to lose. So yeah. they, they, they do shock a lot of people. I mean, I do think the – uh, popular opinion was that they would not win this game. So they come out, they really dominated early on. It looked like they were going to run away with the thing, and then things fall apart. So before we get into the specifics, as always, I want to remind you guys, please subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're on Spreaker. We're on all those things. We're going to be giving you podcasts two, three times a week. If you subscribe, you'll get them the quickest, and they'll be in your app thing before you even, you know, hours after the game. So everyone go subscribe, leave us those five-star reviews, and we're going to be getting your takes. We want you guys to tweet us at hashtag the no huddle show and email us at, 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 at the no huddle show at njadvancemedia.com. We'll include that in the description. And we want you guys to give us your takes on the game. And then on Tuesday's podcast with Joe, we'll go over there. We'll go over what you guys had to say. We'll answer your questions. We'll talk about your hot takes. So, all right, now that that's all the way, let's just start with the basics. Yep. Let's talk about Ronald Darby and Jason Peters. Matt, what was the latest out of the locker room? Yeah, out of the locker room today, Elliot, obviously there was a lot of talk about Ronald Darby. And, you know, you talk to Tim Jernigan, you talk to Jalen Mills. They both say that the defense dedicated this win to Tim Jernigan, their efforts in the second half to him after he suffered what looked like an ugly dislocated ankle yeah. along the sideline here at FedEx Field. Uh, no, no official diagnosis as of yet, but the, he will have an MRI tomorrow. That's from Doug Peterson at the podium this afternoon. An initial and report from Ian Rappaport that it's a dislocated uh, ankle. Yep. So, so we'll see if there's ligament damage tomorrow. But And it's a huge loss for them because yeah. obviously they, they held serve today with Jalen Mills and Patrick Robinson. You wound up moving Malcolm Jenkins down to the slot, but as I wrote about on the site during the game, that's by no means a strategy that's going to be effective long-term. This mm-hmm. team is going to need to, whether it's activate Rasul Douglas, whether it's activate uh, McDougal, Dexter McDougal, who they traded for two weeks ago, move or CJ bring somebody in, yeah. right, or move somebody from the outside, they're going to need to address this if there turns out to be a long-term absence from Darby, so that was huge. And then Jason Peters, yeah. uh, he said that he will play in the game next week against, against Kansas City. We'll see how he holds up. I mean, he, he went back in the game today. Not clear when he suffered the injury. He left, went to the locker room early, then came back for the start of the third and left after just one play. So clearly it was bothering him. I heard him say in the locker room afterwards he just didn't want to test it because he felt like he might have injured himself more. Obviously, though, it was a close game and they yep. could have used him out there. Offensive line didn't play well in general. So before we, I really want to talk about the Darby thing more because that's a huge deal. But let's not start on a negative note here. Let's talk about what we like today. And let's start with Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz finishes the game. I have the stats right here. 
finishes the game uh, 26 of 39 for 307 yards, passer rating of 96.8. But obviously, the big takeaway, at least initially, is that amazing play he had to Nelson Aguilar. Um, players were talking about in the locker room after the game. Josh Norman, the Redskins cornerback, talked about how Wentz's ability to extend plays really was a difference in the game. They got their hands on Wentz a ton today. He escaped on that play to Aguilar, really reminiscent of the Donovan McNabb play from back in the day against the Cowboys, running all around. And I've, I've said it time and time again on this podcast. That's what makes Wentz special. It's his ability to keep his eyes down the field, to extend the play, and to make something out of nothing. And his composure is always incredibly impressive. And I thought it really showed on that play. No doubt about it. And that was the difference today. I don't think that Carson Wentz was all that sharp out of the pocket today. No. He overthrew a lot of deep balls, underthrew some deep balls. But what makes Carson Wentz special, as you said, Elliot, was that ability to make something out of nothing. And he did it on the play to Aguilar. He did it on several more throws throughout the course of the game. And that's what had his teammates really buzzing in the locker room afterwards. Jalen Mills, just passing by Carson Wentz's locker, said, Carson, you're a magician out there. You're doing magic tricks out there. Yeah. And, and that magician and that magic trick word, that was thrown a lot uh, around a lot. Zach Ertz talked about it. Jason Kelsey talked about it after the game. And I think that when you talk about Carson Wentz, we can all look at aspects of his game where you hope that he improves. Deep ball accuracy is one of them. But that ability to when there's no play to be had, him make a play, that's what gives you hope that he can turn into that special franchise quarterback. And, and listen, I, I don't think he was particularly sharp today. I don't think the offense really moved the ball no. all that effectively today. But the numbers are pretty impressive. 26 of 39, 307 yards, and he had the two touchdowns and the one interception on the afternoon, which uh, the pick six, was, six wasn't really his fault. It was tipped by a defensive lineman. Still a poor into decision, the I thought, though. Even yeah, with the poor tip. Play call. Yeah. Poor play call, yeah. poor decision to throw it there. But I think when you look at Carson Wentz, you have to be impressed today that despite pressure from all sides end up the middle against a very good pass rush from the Redskins, he was able to make some plays and win you a ball game. I mean, how many quarterbacks in the league make that play he did to Aguilar? His ability to evade pressure, his yep. ability to keep his composure, his ability to keep his eyes down the field, and his ability to make the throw. I mean, I agree with you. He was not accurate on his deep passes today. I believe he was one for six, you yep. said, off the stat sheet. Yep. So he clearly did have some issues with the deep pass, but that pass was on the money and the arm strength it took there from running around to basically making that play on the run was incredibly impressive. And I think you could say, look, if Sam Bradford's their quarterback, if Kevin Cobb's their quarterback, if they, all these guys, Eagles, have tried to make their franchise guy, if Nick Foles is their quarterback, they don't win this game. No. They were not that special overall. The difference was, and I thought a couple, a couple of turning points in the game, but I thought a huge, two huge drives where Wentz came up really big was the field goal drive at the end of the half to give him the lead going in the locker room, and then the field goal drive at the, at the beginning of the third quarter to extend that lead. Because, I mean, we were in the stadium. You could really feel it. Yep. The, the momentum was on the Redskins side. That extended leave, I believe it made it 19-14, and things kind of calmed down from there. And then obviously the drive at the end of the game um, to get that field goal uh, to, to, to seal things. And even more so than just Carson Wentz, I think that what we saw today was the chemistry that Wentz has with Zach Ertz. You're finally seeing that pay some real dividends today. Eight catches on eight targets for 93 yards, 11.6 yards per catch, including a 23-yard reception. And mm -hmm. LA, he talked about it after the game. You, you look back on Zach Ertz's career. Started out his career as a rookie with Michael Vick as the quarterback. Then it was Nick Foles. Then Foles starts the year. He gets hurt. Then it's Mark Sanchez. Yep. Then it's Sam Bradford. And then last year, it's Carson Wentz. Ertz 
talked about it today, that this is finally a chance for him to build on the chemistry he established the previous year with Carson. You saw it today. He was really the security blanket for Carson on a lot of throws where he got into trouble in the pocket. You also look at Nelson Aguilar, and if you're an Eagles fan, you have to be impressed and you have to be encouraged on the fact that he caught six of his targets for 86 Mm -hmm. yards. And, of course, that stellar highlight reel 58-yard touchdown catch where Wentz really was his most spectacular throw of the, of, of the day. Probably Extending his career. The play, right, <laughs> evading pressure yeah. in the pocket, stepping up and delivering a ball to Aguilar, who made a nice catch in coverage. Let's not you know, discount Aguilar right. making a catch over Swearinger and then stepping in for the touchdown. So you talk about the tight end position. You talk about the slot receiver position. Ertz and Jordan Matthews last year, they, they really led the way. And today you saw Aguilar and Ertz continue that trend this afternoon. And, I mean, look, I, I charted every throw during training camp. His top two targets in training camp by a mile were Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar today. Eight, eight targets for Ertz, eight targets for Aguilar. They were the top guys. Yep. Alshon Jeffrey was seven. A lot of those came in the second half. Um, I asked Josh Norman after the game what he thought about Alshon. He didn't really want to talk about it. He said, what do you think? Alshon didn't have that great of a game. I mean, look, the two-point conversion he made, I think, was you saw you see him, you see him at his best there, making right. that play. The long, uh, He almost made that catch down the sideline. He did drop it, but it was a very good effort. I think that's a catch you would like to see him make. Two drops today. He ends up with three catches for 38 yards. But I do think... You know, his the Redskins had to pay attention to him. Sure. Last year, the Eagles, they, they don't have anybody the Eagles have to worry about. So I thought, you know, Ag, uh, Jeffrey, not a great statistical game, not a good showing, but I do think he made an impact today. I think he made a little bit of an impact, Elliot, but just like I talked about on the podcast this week, and we talked about it in the preview podcast on Friday, that it's going to take some time here. Yeah. It's gonna take Especially some time when you miss for, all that time in training camp. Well, yeah, of course. Carson right. Wentz and Jeffrey to develop that, that rapport. But you saw it with the Redskins, too. The Redskins today, that you, you can tell that Kirk Cousins and Terrell Pryor are going to need to take some time to work on their chemistry. Six catches on 11 targets for 66 yards for Pryor. I don't think he played all that well. Lost a few ball big in the drops. Sun. Right, a couple bad drops. But I think there's a parallel you can draw between the struggles that Pryor had and the struggles that Jeffrey had today. It's just going to take a couple weeks for mm-hmm. new wide receivers and quarterbacks to come together. It's just the reality of the NFL. And, and, and again, when you can have somebody like Ertz, you can have somebody like Aguilar making those tough contests catches, being reliable, showing that they can be a weapon in the offense, that kind of takes the pressure off Jeffrey from having that eight-catch, 120-yard, two-touchdown game. So I don't think there's a ton to talk about with the running backs. So uh, before we go to the defense, I want to talk about the whole offense. The running backs, uh, Blunt, 14 carries today, 46 yards, 3.3 average. I think we were both in the same boat. I didn't think he looked that good. Um, I thought there were some big holes there that he didn't take advantage of. Shocking. I'm not saying he looked yeah. I'm not saying he looked terrible, but I just didn't think he had a very good showing considering all the work he got. So you had 14 carries for him, only four for Smallwood. I was a little surprised by that, and then two carries for Sproul. So Blunt getting the majority of the work. But what I want to talk about before we get to the defense is the offensive line. Didn't play well today. There's really no getting around it. I mean, obviously you lose Jason Peters, but the pressure was getting to Wentz before he even left. Lane did not have a good game. I thought Kerrigan got the best of him for the majority of the game. Pressure came up the middle. I thought the Redskins ran some blitzes that worked well. Again, Carson did a great job evading pressure. If any other quarterback's back there, you're probably talking about a lot more than what they end up getting him down. Three or four times. Four I mean, sacks. Yep. Four sacks. So you're probably talking about a lot more. Two um, sacks, rather. And he avoided the pressure on at least three or four. Yeah. Minutes. So what did – all right. So the offensive line did not play well against the Dolphins. But I, th- I think we both agreed as concerning as that was, 
you didn't take too much of it because it was limited action. Right. Now we have a full game. We see the offensive line not playing well. What were your takeaways from the offensive line outside of just they struggled? Well, I think they really struggled up front, and you saw Jonathan Allen have an impact today. You saw Ryan Kerrigan, as you pointed out, have a big-time impact in addition to the pick six. But I think they really missed Jason Peters today. When, when mm-hmm. you're thrusting Halapoluti Vitae into the lineup before you're, you're really practicing they played him at for the a left. whole week they played right, him at left, yeah. instead of moving Lane over to the left-hand side, I think he struggled on the left side. I think he's more of a right tackle, and I don't think that Lane played particularly well, but again, you're going up against one of the preeminent pass rushers in the league right. in Ryan Kerrigan, but you know, you you said you want to talk about the running game, but I think the running game and the offensive line kind of go hand in hand here, yeah. and that is that this team was very one-dimensional a year ago in terms of how often they ran the ball as opposed to how often they threw it. And if today's any indication, you look at today, Carson Wentz, 39 dropbacks. You look at the runs, 24 runs. Garrett Blunt, 3.3 yards per and carry. And four of those Wendell were Wentz Smallwood, runs, so really right. it was, yeah. Yeah, it was 20 run plays the, the entire game. Wendell Smallwood, four carries for four yards. Darren Sproles, two carries for two yards. That's not going to get it done. No. And it, it's hard to point the finger and blame the offensive line for giving up two sacks and giving up all kinds of pressure all day long when they don't have the chance to be road graders, when there isn't the threat of a running game to keep some of those blitzers honest so that you can't dial up as many extra pressures as the Redskins did today and you can't just pin your ears back as a defensive end and get after the quarterback because you're not worried at all about the threat of a running game. That's where I think the Eagles... That's going to be their struggle, is finding a way with subpar running backs to have a running game that can take the pressure off Carson Wentz. And it'll be really interesting to see what they do against the Chiefs. I mean, because... I, you know, they only dressed, I believe, eight offensive linemen today. Yep. Um, they had backup tackle. The only listed backup tackle they had was Halapuli Vitae. Had, had Vitae or Johnson gone down after Peters did, I guess they would have bumped Samalu outside to tackle and, and put Wisniewski in. But it'll be interesting to see if next week they, they have a different set of inactives because Peters is a guy, look, he's, he's up there. He's 34, right. 35, I think. Um, he, he's going to struggle to stay healthy. So the fact that you saw him try to play today and then go back out, I would guard myself if I were the Eagles against that next week. So let's talk about the defense, though, because coming into this game, I, I said— I thought they I were thought, tremendous. Today. Yeah, they were very good. And I, I thought a key matchup or a key test for me was going to be seeing this Eagles defensive line against the Redskins offensive line. The Redskins offensive line doesn't get talked about a lot, but I do think it is one of the better offensive— or at least it's up there. It's not a terrible offensive line. So, sorry, we have these, uh, these people down here on the field throwing grass around, but— um, I thought the Eagles defensive line, it was going to be a good test for them. Uh, they were going to show, can they dominate? Can they do well against an, uh, a good offensive line? I thought you saw them do that. I mean, look, Brandon Graham, you can make the argument for not giving him a new deal since he's, he's under contract for two more years. But, man, this guy, he, he had a great game. Yep. He, was in, he yep. was in Kirk Cousins' face all game. Way more pressure than Vinnie Curry or Chris Long or Barnett made. I mean, he is their best defensive end. And for a team that's built so much on their pass rush, him, they, they need him badly. I think Fletcher Cox also had a good game. Jernigan, I thought, had a good game. But overall, the defensive line really got in Kirk Cousins' face all game. And it wasn't just the defensive line. And we all know that Jim Schwartz doesn't like to blitz. And you talk about Brandon Graham. He was exceptional rushing the passer today. He was also very good setting the edge in the run game. He had a couple real nice tackles early on where it looked like there was a hole for Ryan Kelly to run through. And then before you could blink your eye, it was slammed shut by Brandon Graham. I thought Tim Jernigan, you're already seeing the dividends of signing him. He had the sack today in the fourth quarter. And on that final play, you have to at least give the credit to him being there 
freeing up Fletcher Cox to recover the fumble and take it to the house. But even more so than just the defensive line getting front four pressure, Elliot, I think there's a lot to be said about Jim Schwartz today because mm -hmm. Schwartz has never been a coordinator who sends extra pressure. He's never been a coordinator, and he'll tell you as much. He's not a guy that likes to blitz. He preferred to get the pressure from the front four and give his defensive backs a little more help. And today, you saw him with a timely blitz on the Kirk Cousins interception to Jalen Mills, where he sent the A-gap pressure with Jordan Hicks, who forced him to throw off his back foot, make a poorly conceived pass to, to Mills, who picked it off. And then you saw him blitz a couple more times. Getting that sort of pressure, particularly when you don't have Ronald Darby, that's going to help your secondary tremendously. We talked about it all offseason. If you get after the quarterback and you can knock him around, make him uncomfortable, particularly somebody like Kirk Cousins, who's had this team's number for the last five games up until yeah. today, you know that, that's really going to be a boost for your defense. And I couldn't be more impressed from what I saw from the front four, and I couldn't be more encouraged that Schwartz decided to dial up that extra and the linebackers, and the linebackers played very well. Yep. Jordan Hicks, I mean, on the interception by, I believe it was Mills, Jordan Hicks comes on the blitz. He goes right up the middle. He makes Cousins have, you know, he, he, he disrupts the pass. So Cousins has to rush it. I thought Kendricks, when he was out there, played well. Yep. Adam did have that big penalty on third down. But, I mean, he had a near interception. I thought he played pretty well overall. So you really got excellent front play from your front seven, which is huge. Because in all of our podcasts leading up to the season, we talked about how that front seven is going to need to carry this team. And I think they did today. And yeah. I think that as much as we want to credit Carson Wentz, and he deserves a lot of credit for his improvisation, and he deserves a heck of a lot of credit for keeping them in this ball game when there were times where you could feel the momentum swinging back towards Big the time. Redskins. Big time. But it was the defense that slammed the door. It was the defense that you know had the, the strip fumble recovery touchdown return that, that really sealed the deal in the final couple of minutes when the Redskins had a chance to drive down the field. I, I look at this game today, Elliot, and I think that you're encouraged by what you saw out of Carson Carson Wentz, but it's the defense that powered them to this victory. Yeah, and look, I mean, we talked, too, about the running game. Let's see what the Redskins had. The Redskins had 17 attempts for 64 yards, an average of just 3.8, and that was a full-team effort. I thought the safeties did very well yep. today with tackling. It was, just, it, it was a strong tackling team, obviously outside of that touchdown, which they gave up, where I think three or four guys missed it. That's just one of those plays. It's just, you know, you don't like to see that clearly of your coaches, but those happened. I thought overall they did a pretty good job tackling, but all right, so now that we've kind of talked about the front seven, Let's talk about the secondary because obviously a couple things going on with that. One, yep. let's just strictly talk about how they played today before we get into Darby. Darby was barely in the game. I mean, he injured himself in the first quarter. On the first so, series. So then you go out. You, you have Jalen Mills. You have Patrick Robinson. A lot, a lot of Malcolm Jenkins in the slot. Jalen Watkins was in there. I thought early on the Redskins receivers, Terrell Pryor, I thought, I thought they, they got behind this defense. I thought they, the Eagles lucked out a little bit. Um, Terrell Pryor and Cousins could have connected on a long touchdown pass when Dar even when Darby was in the game. That was still Darby was on cover was covering him. He got behind him. I thought they lucked out a little bit. I'm really surprised that the Redskins weren't able to get behind him. I mean, the longest completion Cousins had was 29 yards, yep. and I, I thought there was some oppor opportunity there. Um, Mills, look, he's not a speed guy, and I think you saw that today. Terrell Pryor, he's big, but he has elite speed. He struggled with that. Mills did a great job tackling, and I will say when they really needed him, I believe it was in the third quarter. Uh, yeah, it was in the third quarter. Mills had a great pass breakup in the end zone to Terrell Pryor. Went up, made the play. Might have gotten away with a little defensive pass interference, but still, that was a huge moment because it prevented the touchdown. He got away without the penalty, so he did come up big there. I thought Patrick Robinson played pretty well. There was one play where he had to cover Pryor down, Pryor down the field, 
And he was right on. Patrick Robinson does have good speed. He's there now. If Darby is out, which we're going to assume he'll probably be out a while, he's going to be your fastest receiver. So I thought the cornerbacks played well. I thought the safeties played well. Malcolm Jenkins was all over the place. I'd have to look up how many tackles he had, but he really seemed like he he had a great game. So what what do you think about how the secondary played before we get into their their potential loss? Yeah, I, I think Elliott they played really well today. But again, they were aided by that pass rush. Yeah. If the, if the and that's the formula isn't doing for their job, team. right? If that front seven isn't doing their job, and Kirk Cousins had the chance to sit back there, I, I think that they would have been, you know, not quite as successful as they were. But you, you're you're spot on with Mills. It seemed like he was in the right place at the right time throughout the course of the game. And, and in a lot of ways, he's playing a little bit out of position on the outside because he's because of that lack of speed. He's probably better suited to play safety. But I thought he played very well today. You look at him, nine tackles. You look at. Patrick Robinson, he had four tackles today. Mm -hmm. And you look at, you know, moving Jenkins down into the slot, you're not going to want to do that consistently week in and week out. But against a, a really good receiver in Terrell Pryor, a quarterback that's beaten them, you know, for the last five times he's been out there, they answered the bell today. I, th I thought the secondary did their job, and that interception – that was huge. Yeah. I, I led my observations with it at, at the, the end of the game. That Jalen Mills interception swung the game in the Eagles' favor, in my opinion. because It you was had slipping the, away. Yeah, you had the Redskins driving down the field deep in the red zone with an opportunity to put some points on the board, and it was Mills who got the turnover. And sure, the Eagles didn't score on it, but if you remember, Donnie Jones buried them back to their one-yard line on the ensuing punt. Right. It swung the, the field position back into the Eagles' favor, and I think that that was a momentum turning play and potentially a game-saving play for the Eagles when Mills got that And the other thing about Mills is he does not have elite speed. He's a very good tackler, and they went after him hard today. I mean, they targeted him. He had eight tackles. I mean, I think they went at, they would have must have gone after him eight or nine times. I mean, he did a great job, I thought, minimizing damage. There's a few times he gave up four or five-yard catch, but it only stayed at that because he was able to make the tackle. Um, all right, let's talk about Darby. Yep. So, yep. After the game, as you said, Doug Peterson really doesn't say much of anything other than he'll probably be – he's probably going to miss some time. I think that's obvious. I think the chances of him playing – honestly, ch of the chances of him playing even before the Eagles take on the Cowboys in Week 11, I would say, are slim. I would say that's probably best-case scenario. Really gruesome injury. I mean, his yep. ankle's completely turned. It's probably broken. Uh, the, initial thing, the initial report from Rappaport is that it's dislocated. Broken ankle, he very well could be out the year. So if he is out, of the, if he is out for the year – now you have your two best cornerbacks, Darby and Sidney Jones, sitting on the sideline. Yep. Maybe they do rush back, back Jones now. I would be surprised if they rush him back. I think he's going to play, but I would be surprised if the Darby injury impacted that. Um, In but, the short term, they're going to face a tough test next week, next week on the road against, even without Tyreek Hill, a, a very talented Kansas City passing attack. But it's about what do they do now. Right. And I don't think that the formula of dropping Jenkins down into the slot is going to get the and job done And that's not something they want to do. Right. They, they're, 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 it was about surviving. And I think right. that going into this week, it's going to be real interesting to see if Rasul Douglas gets elevated. And, and I don't think the Eagles – would have preferred to play Rasul Douglas for the next couple of weeks. Agreed. I don't think that they believe he's ready to contribute meaningful snaps, but guess what? Because of the fact that the Eagles, other than signing Patrick Robinson in the offseason, really didn't address this position, their biggest position of need in free agency, now you're kind of forced into potentially thrusting 
Rasul Douglas into action before he's ready. And that's probably your best case scenario right now, unless you're signing somebody off the street, which no matter who it is, you're going to need to have time to get them up to speed and have them learn this defense. I think more than likely, Elliot, we're going to see Rasul Douglas next week as one of your three Well, I talked to Rasul Douglas after the game today, and he said he felt he was ready. Clearly, he's going to say that. Obviously, the Eagles don't feel he's ready. You don't want your third-round pick inactive unless he has to be. So you don't want to put him out there. And he's a guy that when they drafted him, we talked about this, doesn't have great speed, has struggled playing up at line of scrimmage, didn't do it in college. He's gonna, it's going to be tough for him, especially against those quick receivers of Kansas City. So I'll be interested to see what the Eagles do. In terms of Darby, their options would be they, they basically will put him on IR. I'd imagine that's going to be their, their move. And the, they can re- bring him back after eight weeks. So the yep. way that the NFL works now is you can put two guys on IR. You don't have to designate – or you can put as many guys you want on IR. But you, you don't have to designate them to return, which is a new rule. You used to have to say, all right, he's going to be my designate, designated to return guy. And then if he's not back in eight weeks – you know, he's not back. But now let's say, let's say they put Darby on IR. They can bring him back after eight weeks, assuming that, assuming they don't lose two guys and then they'll bring back. So I'm guessing that's what they'll probably do. They'll put him on IR. You don't want to keep him on the active roster. If he's not gonna be playing for two months because you need a cornerback. So what, what do they do with Douglas? That'll be interesting to see. I think right now their best option is probably to bring CJ Smith up off the practice squad quicker than Douglas has played has more is more comfortable on the outside is more sure. comfortable at the line of scrimmage is on the practice squad so he's been in the building he was with this team all last year you put Darby on IR you bring CJ Smith up the, the problem with bringing somebody in is well first of all we talk about trade if they try to trade someone they don't have a ton of assets and you're not really able to get right. anybody so trading right. is not really an cap option. space is unrealistic right Darrell Revis we you know he's going to cost six or seven million you only have 12 13-ish, so that's not realistic. Um, I think bringing C.J. Smith up is the move, putting Darby on IR. So assuming that's what they do, I mean, is this is this a season changer? Like, does this, I mean, does losing Darby really, is, is that it? I mean, you know, we're going to talk about this win, how impressive it is. They're 1-0. They're, you know, 1-0 in the division now, too. Does the Darby injury, if he does miss the whole season or if he does miss, you know, a good portion of it, is that it? Well, I think the the litmus test for the first of all, they passed a big test today beating the Redskins. Yeah, you remember in our season preview, and the podcast, Redskins have good receivers. Right, I, I've yeah. said all along the litmus test for this team was Week Three against the Giants at home because you're coming back off the road against Kansas City, you're going up against Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, and, and Brandon Marshall. It was going to be a litmus test anyway with Ronald Darby, but I think that if you want to really gauge how well this defense is going to play and whether or not the Eagles can survive this season without Ronald Darby being a significant part of it, you're going to find out the answer to that question against the Giants because they're the wide receiving core in the early part of the season that contests them. And I don't know that C.J. Smith thrust into a prominent role either in the slot as you're starting as your nickel or, you know, moving Robinson to the inside and playing C.J. Smith, uh, you know, outside. I, I don't know that that's good enough to get the job done. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what happens when you have Des Bryant isolated against uh, Rasul Douglas or isolated against C.J. Smith. I, I don't know what happens when you have some premier wide receivers against an, a very youthful, green, and largely untested and unproven group of cornerbacks. It, it's going to remain to be seen, but I will say this, Elliot, that if you're getting the, the front seven pressure, if you're blitzing as often as they blitz today, which they probably won't without Darby, mm-hmm. but if the front four are getting home and you can get to quarterbacks as often as they got to Kirk Cousins today and take him off his game, it, it's going to soften that blow just a little bit. And next week against the Chiefs, they are going to struggle. The Chiefs have a good offensive line as well. 
the Giants offensive line, if this if this Eagles defensive line plays like a day against the Giants, it won't matter who's back there in the secondary because Eli's going to be running for his life and, you know, probably throwing the ball up for easy interception. So I do think, yeah, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The defensive line looked legit, which does minimize the loss of Darby. I don't think the season's over because of Darby. Darby's a good player. I think, as we've debated, I think Darby's was I think Darby was a little overrated by Eagles fans. I think he he's an average corner, above average corner. He was the best Eagles corner, and it does hurt yep. that they lost him. But it's kind of like we started this podcast off. If they have Carson Wentz, they're gonna they're gonna be in this division. I mean, you saw it today. I everything agree. everything went wrong. You know, you lose Darby, you lose Peters. They're not you know overall not playing well. Offensive line isn't doing well. Wentz Wentz brings them to the win. Obviously, the defensive line helps, but I don't think the season's over because of the loss of Darby. So before we wrap this up. Let's talk just overall again. What are your opinion? I'll, I'll start because after this win on Twitter, I called it an incredibly impressive win. And I got some blowback on that saying, you know, because they didn't play well. They, you know, the offensive line wasn't good. All the things we just listed. But the reason I think this is an impressive win is this. Last year, this Eagles team struggled to win on the road. They struggled to win close games. And they just, you know, now you go into FedEx. You get the win. You go 1-0. You get, you've now, you know, taken off the fact that the Redskins have beaten you five times in a row. I just thought this was a game good teams win. You know, like if the Eagles were going to go 6-10 and 10 this year, this is a game they lose. You don't find ways to win on the road unless you're a good team, especially in the division. And to see Wentz do it, to, to see Wentz and the defensive line be the reason why, which are the two main best parts of this team, it was incredibly encouraging if you're an Eagles fan. It, was incre- it should be incredibly encouraging for the front office. This is a good win. So actually, really quick, we should talk about Doug too. Sure. Um, I thought they won today despite Doug. I thought he made a poor bat, a few bad decisions. Um, one, the play call that was ruled a fumble. Poor throw by Wentz, no denying that. Poor play call. Yep. Everything's going well. Wentz is doing fine. You have the momentum. And then you basically just throw the ball away. Well, there, there's the problem with not having a running back you, you think you can count on. Yep. It's, it's third and two. You have to get inventive on how to you, do it. You, you should be able to line, whether it's LeGarrette Blount or Wendell Smallwood, in the backfield with your quarterback under center and get two yards. Yeah. I, I don't really like the idea of getting gadgety and gimmicky in game one against a division opponent in that spot. Line up, get two yards, and get the first down. But if you want to talk about things that are going to hold this offense back throughout the course of the year, no matter how well it's Doug, number one, but no matter how good Carson Wentz is, if you're dropping him back to pass 40 to 45 times every single week, that's not a winning formula. Eventually, you're going to need to have a running game that can complement Carson Wentz, that can take the pressure off of Carson Wentz, and when push comes to shove, get those two yards to move the chains and keep a drive alive. And the other poor decision I thought Doug made today was they're up, I believe it was still ninth. They were up two points at the end of the game. Um, or maybe they were up four, but it was still a close game at the end. And it looks like it's fourth and one, and Doug looks like he's going to go for it, which one I thought would have been a terrible decision. You don't go for it when, you, when it's still a one-possession game in less than a touchdown. You kick the field goal, and you, you make them have to go into the end zone. But he sends offense out there with two minutes and two seconds in the game, sends them out there. He then brings him back almost right away after calling a timeout. So you basically just burned a timeout. I mean, sure. Wentz has done well in training camp with the hard count. He's got the Eagles defensive line to jump off a few times, but you barely even gave him a chance to do that. So I thought that was just a weird decision. And I think today you give Doug credit for getting the win. You give, you give Doug credit for getting this team up to play. But my takeaway after Doug is he's going to cost them a game this year with a bad decision. They got lucky today that his poor decisions – didn't hurt them. You mentioned the play calling wasn't that good. You know, the way they distributed the run pass wasn't that good. He's going to cost them a win. So not a good day for Doug. They, they poured Gatorade on, on him afterwards. But 
that is to me maybe the biggest concerning thing today outside of the Darby injury. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say that the lack of a running game you can lean on is as equally a concern as Doug. Uh-huh. Because we, you know, the fact that they won in spite of Doug minimizes his impact, in my opinion. But there are going to be some very close games in November and December when you're going up against teams you're going to have to beat to win this division, like the Giants, like the Cowboys, like Seattle on the road, like a road game against the Rams, where you might need to run the ball. You might need to salt out a win. And, and if Carson Wentz and the offense goes into a funk late in the game, or if there's a late turnover in a one-possession game because you can't run the football, yeah. that's going to be an it's issue. going to hurt. So good win today for the Eagles. They move to 1-0. Next week's the Chiefs. Uh, that's going to be a tough game, I think. I mean, I thought they would lose this one. Look, I picked them to go 10-6 and and win the division. I thought they were going to lose this game. So they're already ahead of the curve towards, towards my prediction. Um, good win for them. So as I said at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to be doing this again on Tuesday with Joe. We'll know yep. a little bit more about Darby at that point. We'll have heard from Doug. Get a chance for this game to kind of settle in. We'll, we'll both, I'm sure we'll all rewatch it. We'll talk a little bit more that, about that. But as I said, tweet at us. We want to read your hot takes, your opinions, your thoughts on the game on our podcast. So tweet hashtag the no huddle show. We'll read all of those and we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll read them all. We'll talk about them on the podcast. And then if it's over 140 characters, you can email us at the no huddle show at njadvancemedia.com. Once again, we will put that in the description. So if you don't write that down, that's okay. But tweet at us. And, and, and by us. the way, before you do all that, Go into iTunes, go into Stitcher, go into iCloud, iHeartRadio, A, subscribe, and B, leave us those five-star reviews. It it. helps the show, and even if you want to rip us, give us those five-star reviews. (laughs) Somebody praise us and give us one star. I know. We like it to be the other way. It made no sense. We love those five-star reviews. Keep them coming, and we appreciate you listening. All right, so we're going to check out here from FedEx. Matt, good talking to you, and we will talk on Tuesday about this Eagles win, man. Sounds like a plan.